All right, I've got a couple more minutes with Dr. Roy Meals, author of Muscle, A Gripping History of Strength and Movement. Is that right? I pulled it off the top of my head. A, a, gri- a gripping, gripping story. Of gripping story. Uh, that's, of course, it's gripping story. That's so much better. Uh, gripping story of strength and movement. So we, you know, you casually mentioned that you're preparing, you've gotten a personal trainer and you're going to bodybuilding competitions. Uh, we have to talk about that because I, so are you looking to do this professionally or is this uh, a hobby <laughs> or just something you did one time? Uh, just, just one time uh, to, uh, add some interest to the book. Okay. All right. So, but have you, have you gotten into muscle building at all? I mean, you know, I, I know you're not a spring chicken. I think we, you know, I think that that's fair to say neither am I, uh, but there's, it's never too late to stay in shape. I mean, um, are you looking to put muscle on? Well, is the missus looking for you to put muscle on? Is the, (laughs) (laughs) the, uh, um, left to nature, Uh uh, we lose about 10% of our muscle mass per decade, you know, beginning at age 30. My God. So if you're um, just an ordinary human, you can expect to be pretty wasted of muscle by the time you're 90 <laughs> or, or 100 years old. Sure, and, right. But with, with resistance training is that mm-hmm. you can reduce that loss to 5%. You can cut the loss in half. Okay. To, to lose 5% of your muscle mass. Um per per decade and so that uh, it's inevitable that you're going to lose some but the, the resistance training is good and uh, wow. i've always been a, a runner and a cyclist and mm-hmm. uh, i feel like i can put one leg in front of the other and you know go forever but i've never enjoyed uh, weightlifting it's just boring to me and you know didn't get me anywhere if you run or ride you get to right. see some scenery and stuff and sure um but anyway, for the book, I thought I should walk the walk, and and so uh, hired a personal trainer, and he t- turned out to be a great guy. He has a degree in sports nutrition. He's mm-hmm. a former uh, champion bodybuilder himself, and so we have great conversations. And he he reads the scientific literature, and so mm-hmm. uh, we do a reality test on each other in terms of you know, <laughs> whether there's any science to support the, the, the bro science. That, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. About. And, I was going to say, is he a bro science guy or is he a real science guy? No, that's, no, no, uh, he's, that's he's, key. He's, he's serious, and and okay. um, uh, but that uh, you know, there's all this uh, fiction about um, uh, supplements uh, that a lot of the uh, athletes uh, take but there's from my reading and his understanding is that uh, other than taking um, uh, you know protein supplement if you want a high protein diet without a lot of calories yeah and taking uh, creatinine other than than that is that there's is no science to support all these other um, you know nutraceuticals that that that, uh, people take and so anyway um, now, just for our listeners, creatinine, uh, typically the classic pronunciation is creatine, uh, but I'm sure you're pronouncing it correctly. But just some people no, listening, right. it's the same stuff. Right. It's the same. Yeah. 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 You don't have to be fancy with your fancy pronunciations. I know you're a doctor. You don't have to let me know all about it. Uh, but this is but this is interesting because the history of bodybuilding, you know, you kind of walk through in the book. I just want to hit some highlights here. Uh, you talk about in 600 BCE, the Greek Milo 
carried a calf daily until it became a full-grown ox. I mean, that is some, like, CrossFit-type stuff. I mean, that's early, you know what I mean? Like, that is some real manly, country-strong type of we're thing. Not sure, we're not sure whether he had to tranquilize the ox. <laughs> yeah, right. A full-grown ox is pretty big. So, uh, but, that, but that's the idea. But what I love about that idea is that, you know, if you want to get stronger, you got to keep increasing the weight. You have to keep increasing the resistance. And right. this, it happens naturally. You know, uh, I, I don't know how quickly an ox grows from a calf to a full grown, but um, I like the idea is what I'm saying. 1700s, we got the first dumbbells. And then um, this is this is I got to fit this in here. Uh, Eugene, uh, I think it's Eugene or Eugene Sandow became right. obsessed with Greek ideals uh, of the human body and wanted to be kind of build his body into that Grecian ideal. Uh, he to, I mean, he toured as a professional wrestler. Uh, you know, of course, I'm going to love that. And also another unique connection for those listening. You know how much I love the 1893 Columbian Exposition, also known as the Chicago World's Fair. I have done so many episodes that just kind of flirt or tickle with that, you know, tickle that fair. And this is another one because Eugene Sandow was contracted by by Florenz Ziegfeld to show off his muscles at the 1893 Columbia Exposition. And I think if your research is correct, this might have been the first bodybuilding exposition, not contest, right? Correct. Is that is that, is that correct? Okay. Because uh, they basically just watch him work out, right? Whether it was the first, whether it was the first or not, I mean, but I mean, uh, Sandow really, you know, started off to uh, be a weightlifter, but not a not a performer. Okay. Um, but then, but then Ziegfeld said, you know, come show off your body, people. Will- right. Who see this. Right. <laughs> right. Well, because I imagine, you know, I'm sure since the the beginning of men. They've worked out and shown off their muscles to a small group of people, of course, if not just themselves and their, well, yeah, their loved the farmer ones. Takes, the farmer takes his shirt off in the middle of the field, yeah. Of course, right. But that's a small group. This is the first large group exposition. Right. Maybe, uh, maybe even paying customers, right? Right, right. And he toured the world and sold his name on cigars. He might have been the first celebrity endorsement. This is that's right. it's a really, I think you could write a whole separate book on, on him. This is great stuff, you know. Uh, and he creates the first bodybuilding competition, right? Um, right? How did this kind of, and this was judged by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I did a whole episode on Sherlock Holmes, if you recognize that name. Um, they wore leopard leotards, just like in the cartoons. This is a pretty cool thing. You must have loved coming across and at least researching this history. Oh, no, I, oh man, that's that, that's so much fun, uh, stirring up information like that. that mm-hmm. uh, how about the old pictures, Did you find any of the old pictures of big circled dumbbells, like the strong man and the big mustaches and things like that. Oh yeah, no, Sandow uh, was a showman. I mean, he uh, he had a basket and he'd he'd put a probably a hundred pound woman uh, in this basket and then um, you know hold it up like Statue of Liberty. What? And, With one know, hand? Yeah, that's insane. I think so. And then you're you making know, this up. Uh, this sounds like. Uh, I have to look back at the pictures, but the, no, you can you can go. Uh, wow. He's on Wikipedia, or you can probably find more pictures of him on, of him on Wikimedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that uh, you know, big old barbell with the bar bowed with the amount of weight on on each end, and mm-hmm. um, you know all the postures that he would put in to flex his muscles and uh, you know make them bulge. Uh, there are a lot of photographs of him. Oh, oh uh, and also, also, there's there's a, a little there's a YouTube video uh, of an old time movie. Really? Of him, uh, 
posturing and spinning around. Yeah. I got to find that. I'll try to find yeah. some of those pictures and put them up on, on the website because I, yeah. I got it. I got to check that out. So, so this is the beginning of bodybuilding. Uh, you know, this is a small, quick description. So tell me about your time. You go, you show up there. Um, you know, are people looking at you? Are they like directing you to the dressing room? They're directing you to the, did you have a, uh, someone taking you around? What, what, tell me about your time there. Okay. Well, uh, my, uh, trainer uh, kind of tipped me off about that and, and said that, uh, you know, not only buy a ticket of admission to the show, but that, that pay extra to have a backstage pass. Okay. Um, basically. So they gave me a little, little bracelet to go on. And so I had access to the room where they were getting ready. And so you can do, wait, you can just pay for that. You don't have to have someone take you backstage. You can just say, Hey, I'd like no. the, the bonus VIP tour. Uh, no, no, it was just, it was a room upstairs at this oh, wow. uh, theater. Okay. And, um, but there were, probably 25 or 30 men in the room and it was pretty much standing room only. Um, but that there were people who were down on the floor doing slow push-ups to try to, you know, get their blood dilated and so forth. And they all had their gym bags and they were about half full with, um, you know, bottles of various stuff, uh, yeah. nutrients, pharmaceuticals, and yeah. nutrients and one, quotations. Yeah. <laughs> they, had, they, had, they had one big uh, corner of the room, um, blocked off with plastic and that was the the the, the tanning salon so that you could go in there and get <laughs> go in there and get your spray tan shouldn't you have done that before the tournament <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I guess, no i mean like the a, day two, before two days before oh, no no oh uh, no no that was the morning of the, of the wow and then, okay and then there were people out there standing in the room and they were smoothing out the spray tan on each other's each other's backs and, and uh, um uh you know so i talked to them and sure um, but then go around the corner to the uh, women's room and I, I was afraid to go in there. I mean, I, I looked in there and it, you know, looked like, uh, you know, Las Vegas, um, uh, sure. uh, showgirls, you know, oh. their uh, scanty little outfits and, yeah. uh, different vibe and high different heels vibe. and, yeah. uh, eyeshadow and so forth. And, but then, you know, these incredibly, uh, well-defined muscles, <laughs> yep. Uh, I certainly wouldn't want to arm wrestle one of them. Definitely not. Um, but then, um, so I, I would come and go uh, from the audience uh, back and forth to, to uh, see that. And, and that one time I sat down in the audience next to a woman and, and uh, she said, well, that's my husband up there. And he actually won his uh, division. Really? Oh, wow. Uh, because when there were more than three people in one division is that they would get a thousand dollar check. Okay. And so uh, she said, well, you know, that's my, uh, that's my husband. And, and I started talking to her and they were from San Antonio and they had come to you know, Los Angeles for the weekend. They were, I think, wow. spending four nights in a hotel Okay. and they had a gym in, in San Antonio. Um, mm. And, and uh, uh, so he'd come out here to do this uh, bodybuilding Got it. Uh, contest. So anyway, a little later he came out, but he had his, uh, you know, gym warm up clothes on. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, and I'd seen other these people performing, but that when they would walk out in the audience and sit with their friends or family is that they didn't look a whole lot different than, than you or me. Then I, I did the math. Okay. So they can only, only show their physique, uh, when they're oiled up and in the lights and basically naked and otherwise it's just under their clothes. Right. Ideally. But then I started doing the math. Okay. These these, this couple flew from um, San Antonio mm -hmm. and spent four nights in a hotel, mm -hmm. you know, some meals and mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, they get a thousand dollars. You know, they lost money. Yeah, that's I would imagine it's it's not a money making proposition. I'm doing. I guess they're doing it Absolutely. for the prestige so, so and the get, trophy. They get, they get brag rights. Yeah. They get brag rights at the gym, and I guess the winners do get to go on to the next level of competition, which might be more money for the for the winners. But that, I mean, it is physically exhausting to get in shape to you know to do that. They get their body fat. You know, normally body fat's twenty twenty five percent. They get their body fat down to seven percent, and basically starve themselves yeah um for about two or three months afterwards i mean before the the competition uh you know and eat um nothing but white rice and white chicken mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little broccoli thrown in um but that i mean it and then working out incredibly hard so uh you know it is exhausting and probably dangerous and my <laughs> trainer said that you know somebody really can't do that more than about you know getting takes three months to do that um, and they, they uh, try not to do that more than twice a year just because it's so, um, you know, so demanding. Um, but so anyway, they, they uh, you know, they do it for their own uh, personal um, uh, benefit. <laughs> when, when I started training, this is a nice story. Yeah. When I started training, um, the trainer asked me, well, what my goal was. And I explained I was writing a book and I just, huh. you know, want to <laughs> stay in shape and try to cut my uh, weight loss in, in my muscle uh, diminish my muscle mass to 5% rather than 10%. And, um, and I said, well, you know, if it's possible, um, I'd like to be able to demonstrate uh, a six pack. There you go. And, All right. And I'm, I'm, I'm not skinny, but I'm not fat. Okay. Um, Good and start. he just laughed at me. He said, he said, um, uh, you, you have a six pack in there. It's just covered up. <laughs> you got to move the blanket to the side. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I, I realized after that, that I didn't want to drop my body weight. To, I didn't want to drop my body fat to 7% of my, my weight in order to demonstrate my six pack. So, so it's forever hidden. You didn't want it. You got to want it enough, Roy. You got to, you got to no, really, I mean, you got to no, really I, want it. No, I thought if I could just do enough sit-ups that, that maybe would show up. Yeah. <laughs> not like, no, the case. Not, not that happen. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, just one quick thing here, you mentioned they do have a strict diet for a couple months before 36 hours, they reduce sodium food and water intake to get the skin basically clinging to those muscles right. uh and you know you 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 left out the most important part which is they all have to get an enema uh i guess if you really want to flush everything out um that would probably keep me out of it uh I, although i would look i would be a bodybuilder if it wasn't for the enema part i you know I think I could, <laughs> that's really what's holding well, me back <laughs> the, the, the first i heard about that was for for beauty pageants that the the women oh, yeah. wanted to get their belly as flat as possible and they'd have an enema and that sounded kind of strange and so then or colonics i imagine i mean if you really want to go full you know clean all of it out right colonics and yeah. uh, enemas and all the that. uh so then i asked my trainer i said well um yeah, i know the um I've, I've heard that beauty contestants will do that how about the uh, the bodybuilders he said, oh yeah oh yeah Got it. You got to. You have to. If you if, if you're serious about it. So I'm with you. I think we'll just have to be ourselves. I think so. Well, I mean, look. If you really want to get your your stomach flat, you can just remove some of the organs that are pushing out your. <laughs> that that know, works. We, yeah, we can cut you know three to four feet of our small intestine. We can probably remove some you know the I don't know what the gallbladder does. I'm sure it can go someplace else or whatever. Just just to find one of those Egyptian embal- embalmers to uh, <laughs> yeah do a small incision on our flank. <laughs> yeah, take out kidneys. You know, you can always do uh, you know be on dialysis the rest of your life. But uh, we we need to get that stomach flat. 
well, this is great. I mean, it sounds like a great story. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and you really put a lot of research into. You know, this book isn't just about muscles; it's about the the culture. You have a whole two chapters about the culture of muscles, and you know, and uh, the Americans' obsession with it, or maybe it's just men's obsession with it. I don't know. Maybe I can't really bang on Americans too much, but uh, we're all obsessed no, with you it. See, you see a lot of you see a lot of buff uh, women. You oh, absolutely. Know, um, um, yeah, the. Uh, you know, they just naturally have a thicker layer of subcutaneous uh, fat. Easy, that, easy. Uh, yeah. Unless they're bodybuilders, they don't um, uh, show the definition like a man can. But that uh, I, I see a lot of buff women that you know clearly are doing resistance training. Yeah, and they're sodium, water, food, reducing all that, getting their skin to cling, getting rid of that <laughs> extra subcutaneous. Um, fat layer. Uh, we'll keep that. Between, right. We'll keep that between us. Uh, this is this is great though. A, a great story and uh, a lot of fun. So thank you so much for this extra time. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Dan.